Welcome, and thanks for joining me, Keen Barclay, on Down the Tunnel. Coaching education and practical experience go hand in hand for today's soccer coaches. For player development, players must have some exposure to various levels of soccer, whether it be college, PDL, MLS, or any other professional leagues. In Alabama, Youth Club Director of Coaching Gerardo Flores blends education and experience as key components for his club and his coaching staff. So today, we're going down the tunnel with Gerardo Flores. Gerardo, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Keen. Thanks for having me. No, I think it'll be exciting to kind of talk about your path and um, just the coaching education and, and teaching that side of the game. I haven't really covered it yet. Yeah, for sure. I'm always happy to talk about kind of where I'm at and um, as far as the coach education piece, that seems to be always an interesting um, road to navigate for a lot of people. Well, let's talk about the kind of where you started. I think you're the second guest I've had, uh, Louisiana kids. Really? So tell me, uh, tell me what it's like uh, growing up playing soccer in Louisiana. Yeah, well, I think uh, a lot of people, before I lose anyone, because, you know, Louisiana folks talking, um, the interesting piece probably is the, the, the fact that, yes, I was born in New Orleans, uh, grew up in, in Kenner, Louisiana. Uh, most people know Kenner for the airport is, is out of there. So my mom's from Paraguay. Um, Asuncion, Paraguay, uh, the capital, and my dad's from Tegucigalpa, Honduras, uh, also the capital. Um, so South South America, Central America, and then me and my sister were born both in New Orleans. So, so the household was always Spanish. Um, so growing up in in the New Orleans area, if anyone knows that area, it is diverse. It is, you know, there's people from all over the world that that settled there. Um, and so pretty normal as far as the American kid goes, you know, went, went to um, Catholic school all the way through and uh, played soccer from, from the youngest of ages, actually played baseball, basketball. And about the age of 12, I just started playing soccer alone. And uh, yeah, like, like the kids that I currently work with and where we work with in the club setting, you know, you play high school soccer and club soccer and and I was fortunate just to kind of continue playing it because I loved it. And uh, it was a part of our, you know, life. It was part of my home life as well. That's that's one thing I probably would say that I was fortunate about is that uh, my home soccer life was always going on. You know, my dad had the highlights on or, you know, the Mexican League on or watching Real Madrid or the international games on. So it was always something I grew up with. And I, and, and I don't think even today is something that we see the, you know, the all-American kid, maybe more than what we grew up with for sure. But I still think it's a, it's a missing piece to the culture. Yeah. There's a lot more access now to the kids just to watch the game than there was when, when you and I grew up, that's without question. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, and again, I mean, even for my mom, you know, she, she, she loved it. She, she was definitely a, a crazy fanatic. Um, but you know, on the, on the sideline, but, but as far as like enjoying soccer and wanting to watch it and having it on the TV, that was something I, I think really has to do with my overall interest and, and how deep it, you know, it, it goes in me. So, um, 
And so, yeah, so that was me in a nutshell in, in New Orleans, Louisiana area. I think good soccer, good coaches, um, amazing city. And, uh, and then it brought me to Alabama. And how did that come about? How did you get the, the move to Alabama? So luckily, um, you know, I was I didn't know what, what to do at, at high school. Again, a lot like our our kids, especially in our area, regionally, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, sometimes don't know how to get to the next level because we don't have the schools, the colleges on our doorstep, you know, like in some areas of the country. Um, so I was fortunate that the University of Mobile's men coach at the time was literally taking his kid to the New Orleans Zoo. And my club coach called them and asked them to come out to one of our training sessions. And, uh, and he came out and he, he liked me and he asked me to go visit University of Mobile. And, and from there on, you know, that was in 2005. So I, um, I went. Uh, and, and, and I didn't want to, I loved it. I, lo- I didn't think I'd like small town, Alabama. And, and it was, uh, it not, if anyone knows university mobile, it's a really good NAIA program has been for years. Um, but it's in tiny, tiny Saraland, Alabama. And, uh, but it brings a lot of international people like most NAIA programs. And, um, so it was a cool place to be with, with, I don't know, maybe 13 different nationalities on your soccer team. And, um, friendships that literally touched every continent nearly. Um, it was a, it was an amazing experience, something I still really value because I'm still in the area. Well, and because of your cultural background growing up, did that help you to, I don't know, fit in maybe at the NAIA yeah. setting when you had all these different internationals? Like you were already experienced with that. Maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know if I ever – I think it's obviously a benefit like having you know uh, parents that might be – you know, I, that I speak Spanish, you know, that there's, there's a benefit there, but you know, one thing for when, when you go to college or, or, or play at, at a collegiate level, if, if it's something you buy into, if it's something that you're interested in and value, then I think any experience, and I tell our players now, like, if you're willing to go to, I don't know, McPherson, Kansas, or, you know, small town, Kentucky, or if you're willing to go somewhere, you can have an amazing experience with with guys or girls who are there to play soccer so yeah i've just been lucky man the the mobile area um has brought some really cool people and some people that have stayed in the game after their playing days um and continued coaching which has been really really uh, cool to be part of i i do think that the soccer fan in general is is different so i i had a another guest on we talked about um, you know, sports fans or, you know, it's like, oh, I think if uh, if we had promotion relegation and a team got relegated, the fans would be like, ah, I'm not going to support them anymore. I'll yeah. find a new team. Yeah. I think soccer's different. I don't think that that's your typical soccer fan. I think we're very, very like diehard soccer specific. Now, I mean, I like all sports, yeah. but I just think that the soccer fan, when they have their team, they're following that team no matter what. Yeah, it's deeper. I, 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 it's easy to answer that, isn't it? Because we're, we're fans of that sport. But I, I, but I know what you mean. I don't know. I, that's a tough one to say because, you know, come, again, coming from New Orleans, or uh, I would argue that most American kids that grow up following sport, if it's on their doorstep, they're, they're normally, I think, really close to that team, you know, or, or follow that team. You know, speaking again from – here, for instance, some of these kids, I mean, from a youngest of age, Keen, are, are Alabama and Auburn. And it's amazing how, like, culturally it's uh, important to them. It's, it's crazy. 
Well, I agree with that. I think that's kind of supports one of my arguments of why we need more professional teams, whether it's like, you know, a tiered system, because exactly what you're saying, like in order for us to have more fans, it needs to be more accessible. Like it can't just be like, well, I've got to drive 400 miles to go watch an MLS game. It's like, Hey, we have our local MPSL team. That's, that's pro that we can, we know the people on the team. We see them. They live in our neighborhoods. They live in our cities. Like it's so relatable and we can kind of fall in love with the game because it's, like you said, it's right there on our doorstep. Yeah. And so that's why I'm such an advocate for like the expansion of all of the pro soccer leagues. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it was funny. I was having a conversation today. I think one of the missing pieces of, of player development is um, exposure to that level. So, you know, we can, you can use college as much as you college soccer, as much as you want, but not many kids have the ability to go watch college during the college season. And, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe some do, but I think the ability to go watch, Keen, even the Sunday league high level soccer or better level soccer means kids need to see another level so to be able to try to replicate. And I'm just using like not even soccer specifically, but like competition or passion and, you know, interest in the game. I think the only way to really see it skyrocket or, or go even higher is that, like you said, leagues and levels are in your community are in your neighborhood and you're supporting your team from your town that's when it's going to get interesting it'll definitely help with the growth like adding more fans building that passion kind of building that culture piece that everyone says that the u.s doesn't have i I think that's an element in order for us to grow that is to put it on everyone's doorstep 100 percent. yeah i'm a big advocate of that i just and we see it every day you know as you know i'm involved in club soccer and and I think one of the big, big missing pieces is players or kids and parents not knowing what it looks like. And that's kind of what we say all the time uh, in our coaching side is, is that sometimes we have to paint pictures of, uh, of, of, of things they don't know what it looks like. And that's tough. Right. Well, well tell me about, so what did you study when you went to Mobile? Oh man, good question. Um, I've got a, you know, honestly, I wasn't the best student, um, probably now more <laughs> goat shock. Um, now I'm so much more interested in, in, in reading and self-improvements and, uh, but I, I did dabble in athletic training and then business. And then luckily I just went ahead and I went straight into health and physical education with a concentration in coaching, a minor in psychology. And I actually really enjoyed that. I wish I would have figured that out sooner. Um, but, but I came out knowing, I think towards the end of my college, um, days, I, I knew that I wanted to be involved in, in, in soccer. Uh, I didn't know what, what it looked like to be involved in soccer full-time. I didn't know if that was going to be college. I didn't know if that was going to be um, club. Uh, you know, none, none, none of these things were really clear to me of what it looked like to be involved in soccer. So, uh, so yeah, I finished my degree and I stuck around. I just stuck around wherever anyone would have me. And luckily, my head coach kept me involved and, and I volunteered for a couple of years and, and stayed involved in the community, getting involved in coaching. You stayed and you worked with the men's team at, at I did, the University yeah, of Mobile. I did. And... So I stayed a year okay. behind, or not a year behind, I stayed the year after I graduated, I, I stayed around and, and volunteered. And, and then my co- the coach, my head coach at the time went over and got a, a job in the MLS. Um, both my assistant coach and my, and my head coach at the time went off to uh, New England Revolution Um they went full time there, and um, and so I, I stuck around the year that before they left, and 
uh, stayed involved in, in anything I could. So trying to grab anything I could and then uh, and then got heavily involved in club soccer. And uh, and just just in general, grabbing on to education, uh, I got I got bitten by the bug. So I was going on camps. I was going on on a license if I could. And I was coaching everywhere I could. Decent mentors then. Right. If the two coaches around you uh, end up in the MLS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for guys sure. Right. From. I mean, I, w- I would I would give uh, Remy Roy, who is uh, he's still at New England Revolution, by the way. And that's what, 10 years now. Um yeah, he, he, he would he would allow me to tag along with him to to go do little clinics in the middle of nowhere. He'd uh, he'd uh, give me bits and pieces to think about when you know when when I was com- contemplating what I wanted to do as far as coaching or involvement. And I would definitely think that uh, early days that that his kind of work ethic and his his hustle and about being involved in in soccer rubbed off on me. Um, so I, I definitely give some props to those guys and a lot of people, a lot of people along the way um, that just leave you with something that keeps you going. Talking about mentorship that you'd like to go back and say, you know what? I wish I would have maybe taken advantage, taken advantage of, uh, of having mentors around. Um, you know, I, I've, um, you know, some people, some, sometimes I've listened to a few people say, no, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I've had a mentor. I don't think of, I've actually can have mooched on anything that would come behind me. And, and, and that would be like in licenses, I would grab on to, you know, a- anyone that I felt that I could get something off of. And, and maybe, I don't know if that would be considering them a mentor. Um, I definitely did pick up a couple mentors along the way that I've reached out to and, uh, and I still keep in touch with, but, um, I found that every, you know, everyone has their own opinion about licenses, right. Or education and the cost and the, the yep. accessibility to them and, or the need for them. Right. You know, the argument of, do I really need it? Or, you know, I I've done this and I have this and that. Um, I think that if you're able to go and learn one thing more than you could have, um, that you would have had before going on that course or that trip or that, you know, um, I think you're better off. So, um, may it be a different association, federation uh, experience. I think it's worth it. And, um, and yeah, and, and kind of like running into you on the coaches and instructors course, it's a uh, grab onto anybody and, uh, and get, learn something, you know, well, we'll grab onto these coattails, <laughs> man. I'll, I'll see where I can take you. <laughs> no, I think, you know, you hit on a pretty big point to me that, that a topic that I hear a lot about people arguing, experience versus knowledge and a lot of when they say that they're kind of like associating knowledge with the formal education right like the degrees the 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 licensure and i'm under the you know impression that i think there is no one or the other i think you you actually need both um you're not going to get the experience without the knowledge and you won't get the knowledge without getting some experience so i i think there's a lot to be said to those who go through the licensure, go through the coaching education pathways, as well as kind of hit those things that you're talking about of anytime you have an opportunity to learn from somebody, reach out to somebody, have a conversation about a specific topic, like try to blend the two into the best version of your own developer. And so, you know, and, and look, it's, it's, it's one of those that just because we've been around the game and and this is the, the reality is that, you know, and, and I come from the Hispanic community or um, that because we grew up the game in our, in our face, in our in our lives, you know, it's a religion, whatever it is that you want to make it out. 
it, it you have this idea that because you know the game or so, so you're a fan of the game that you can teach the game and i think that's where the argument comes in for me being and i'm still trying i i still trying to learn and pick up as much as i can but the the idea because you're a fan and you love it and you can talk it and you can maybe you know you, you've been around it and you've let's say you've played it it does not then justify or or add up to mean that you're going to be able to coach it or or teach it right and i think that's where you have to have some humility and some willingness to continue to bend and stretch yourself because that's one thing that i find really difficult you know we're in a game of everyone knows it all you know and and those who sometimes are the loudest are the ones that least have the knowledge you know what i mean does that make sense right and so that's yeah it's really tough yeah in in my position and your position or anybody in in certain positions of of maybe leadership or or at the helm is it's tough because you're trying to make people think that they don't know enough yet and that's tough to convince people of so is does the ego become the biggest barrier Um, yeah well you know and as i say this i don't know i maybe even question my own um make sure that i'm not being too big-headed myself is that um I i think the ego definitely comes in to to the equation because you know if you're around it and you've played and you've given your time to it surely you think that you can you know talk it and see it I, but I'll, I'll tell you this keen i'm a big believer in um staying you know entering the room and you know as as, as an 18 year old kid uh, i entered at university of mobile and i and i i quickly learned that i probably should just stay quiet in the room and just kind of listen to the older guys and maybe in time I would be able to speak and maybe in time someone might listen. And um, I think because we're in a time that all the information is available in a second, Snapchat, I call it the Snapchat time, um, our microwave world, is that everyone has an opinion. Everyone walks in and, and has the solution. And so it's really tough uh, to tell or to have people understand that, hey, maybe it's good to just learn and listen or listen and learn. I think, you know, one of the perceptions is when you start talking soccer is that there's like a pecking order. And I think that mentality needs to change kind of like what you're saying is check your ego at the door and and share ideas and, and be willing. There is no well, what I said was right and what you said was wrong because really it's about how we perceived the actual environment or what happened. Like some, one of the best, so today, I'll use an example today. Today I had a conversation with a really good friend of mine who's just a huge soccer fan, Mm -hmm. no formal education, no licensure, doesn't coach, but loves soccer and calls me about the West Ham games and we'll talk and, He'll give me like his rundown of the players and what happened tactically and what changes were wrong from Moyes. And I love those conversations. And none of the stuff he says is wrong. You know, it's like it's the way he sees it. And sometimes we agree. Sometimes we disagree. But I love those conversations. And there's no like, well, let me try to interject something that's going to make me sound smart about soccer. It's just 
just general conversations and i i look yeah forward no to but look those those are good good and i think those are valuable i think that's like a lot of pub talk you know like the 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 idea of the fan and uh the opinions you know what do they call it a game of opinions right i mean we we, we sit we watch we observe and we all have this idea that we know better um and i, I think that's where i actually struggle is that i I, I don't think I would share my thoughts or opinions if I'm sitting in a room with like Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville, you know, they're talking, I'd probably just be quiet and learn and listen for a little while. But, I, but, I, you know, but I argue that maybe, you know, as we're, you know, we are fans, but I'm, 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 I'm talking a little bit more about when we're trying to learn and teach that piece okay. of it. Yeah. That piece of okay. it is that um, how do we get to the point where we can all be, absorbing or sponges and willing to learn and stretch rather than have that opinion. Does that make sense? We're taking it in a different direction. So we're going into like more formal settings. So, you know, you're a director of a club. And so talk to me about how you manage your coaches that either do or don't have the willingness to say, let me learn from other people in the room. That's that's a tough one. I think, I think if any directors are, are going to listen to this, they would probably, um, you know, have been in a position where you have people that are really, you know, we deal with people that are older than us, that have seen more of the game than us, maybe more experienced than us, but maybe haven't kind of put themselves in a position of vulnerability to learn and, um, and, and, and kind of put themselves um, as a student, you know, because they've, they are the, the, the knowledgeable one because because of age or experience and i think that's a dangerous place to be so how how to deal with coaches or or people in your club i think that you know you're kind of hitting the nail on the head with with the idea of pub talk or or the willingness to be open i do think it's through conversation but i do think that in there there has to be a reminder of willingness to grow willingness to improve willingness to accept when you're wrong um I think those those things are important, and like any environment, Keen, I, I, I'd imagine that you know the guys at Kellogg's have the same issue. Maybe um, I don't know, but y- you've got to have people that are willing to want to improve, not be we know it all. You, you know what I mean? It's as cliche as it sounds. As soon as you've got a group of people or coaches or or, or coworkers that think that they figured it out you know, you're probably going to be in trouble. Well, I think that that specific mentality is really something you want to look for in every element. It's like, well, I know I can be a better spouse. I know I can be a better father. I know I can be a better neighbor. I know I can be, you know, better at all these things. Like, why, why, why can't I have that same mentality of like, I can yeah, be a better yeah. coach. So, every and then I think our job you know, then like, is how, like, how do they become, you know, because going back to a question you said is, is like, how is it, is it realistic to, to, to the accessibility of licenses and et cetera to coaches? I know in my area, it's not, I think, and this isn't like a look at me. I, th- I think I, I'm, I may be the only a license coach, which isn't in, in the area. I don't know how accessible it is for them. But there has to be a willingness for them to go and say, right, how can I, you know, how can I improve if I can't go to those licenses and, and, and certifications or, you know, et cetera. So is that, is that kind of what, what motivated you to get the instructor's No, a hundred percent. I thought that the, we have, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate, I would say, or the area is fortunate that we have a lot of 
good coaches that are willing and interested in going on. And that, that scares me a little bit because at some point, some of them will probably leave us uh, for something bigger and maybe better. Um, but that's just a reality of the job. It is a great well, thing. And that's a great thing because you probably have the for same sure. mentality for your players. If like, if you have a player that's 100%. like, there's a bigger, better opportunity, 100%. we want you so to So we've had that. that. We've had that before. You know, we've had um, um, one of my close buddies, uh, Xavier Ardegon. He's now an assistant director at NCFC over in North Carolina. And, you know, he started with us, similar kind of path as me, played here in the area, stick around, stuck around, coached with the college team, and then continued to learn, continue to stretch himself, and then gets himself a job at one of the top clubs in, in, the, in the country for, for youth soccer. So um, I, I, I am a huge fan of that. I, and I tell a lot of the coaches that come through us is use us because ultimately we, we want to use you. We want to use everything that's good about you to improve us. And I hope that you use us to improve yourself. And, and if it's moving on to something bigger, then, then use us. What's the, kind of the next step for, uh, for you? Um, good question. Um, you know, with, with the instructor license now is, is, is now trying to use it and apply it. And, and, and one, trying to figure out um, as, as we navigate the whole COVID situation, but um, what that looks like, I know, I know you've adapted and, and, and made it work. And, and so we're working on that on our end. Um, and for me is, is now trying to find experiences probably at the new year, Keen, uh, experiences and um, maybe some vis- visiting. If I, if I can go visit a few places to see little nuggets and pieces um, that I could bring back. And, and I've been fortunate to be able to go. My wife is from Edinburgh, Scotland, and um, we, we go over and, and I'll go and I'll tap on the doors of um, Hutchie Vale, uh, a local uh, boys club in yeah, in Edinburgh. Great and, club. And, and Great last club. time we were we were over, I was able to go visit with Hearts Academy and speak with some of their coaches. And I've been able to visit with Rangers Academy as well, with a few of the guys that I've built relationships with. Um, and so it's just, and here's the thing, you know, I've said this before, regardless of being in Glasgow, Scotland, Philadelphia, um, or, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, everyone's dealing with similar issues. You know, everyone's dealing with uh, soccer and uh, the problems that soccer might bring. May that be with um, parent communications or player issues at certain ages or stages that they're in. We're all dealing with the same thing. So I've found that a lot of people are just willing to help and give you give you an insight and, and, and give you some feedback if you're willing to take it. So sometimes it's just putting yourself out there to do it. I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Um, I know you're a busy man. Always cool sharing stories and, and, and at least talking soccer. And if there's a coach or um, if there's a coach or somebody who's um, interested or willing to um, to shoot some ideas back and forth, I'm always, always interested in doing that. Yeah. yeah. Meeting people and making new friends and, yeah, 100%, you know, all the connections. 100%. So hopefully, hopefully we get back to that because I think the human factor is, is an important one. So, Um, But if not, we find creative ways, man. We adapt. And we've been speaking with Director of Coaching from Gulf Coast Rangers Football Club, Gerardo Flores. Thanks for listening to Down the Tunnel. I'm Keen Barclay. Join us again next time as we talk all things soccer. Send your comments and questions to downthetunnel at gmail.com.